0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude Branding, a hospitality branding and experience design agency. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. Today, we are joined by Bashar Wally, president at Providence Hotels and a leading voice in the hospitality industry. We'll discuss Bashar's recent announcement of his departure from Providence Hotels, how the industry has been impacted by COVID-19, and how he believes hospitality needs to evolve moving forward. Let's go ahead and jump in.
1: So here we are. It is April 17th. Uh, crazy times and uh, we just heard this week from Bashar Wally that he is uh, departing Providence. Bashar, I I think this announcement came as a shock to a lot of people. Could you give us uh, just a look at some of the events that led up to this decision this week?
2: Yeah, I mean, really, this is not driven by any COVID-related. This has been, um, I am a partner in the company, and I've been here for a long time, and uh, I just felt that our industry at large has sort of become a herd industry. We kind of all follow each other, and often my colleagues in the space are always sort of talking about the next thing. And truth be told, I've grown tired of the next thing, because the next thing was always about things, Uh, you know, who can outdo the next guy, who can throw more stuff against the wall to see what sticks. And it became sort of the race for shock and awe and the race to outdo the next guy and keeping up with the Joneses, as it were. And it sort of became, in my mind, and I don't mean to sound sort of righteous here, but it became somewhat empty and shallow. So As the race for the next thing continues, and you know, I jokingly talk a lot lately about walking any hotel lobby today, and it's like an Amazon jungle in there because somebody decided, let's put plants in the lobby, and the next person does more and more and more. And it's sort of what started as a good idea becomes silly and and thematic and Disneylandish. So I've often, in my mind at least, and with close friends, talked about, you know what? forget the other thing, forget the next thing. I wanna go look for the other thing. I wanna sort of break from the herd. Because look, as I think uh, you guys know, and I've talked about this repeatedly, I have the badge of stupidity or badge of honor for someone who never stays in any hotel room more than once or one night. And 99% (laughs) of the time in hotels, right? So I've, I've kind of seen it all. And I tell people like, if I'm in New York three nights, And I move around three times, which is what I do always to three different hotels. By the third day, if you take the signs off of any of those hotels, shuffle them up and stick them back on the buildings, it's all the same. It truly has become all the same because we all follow each other. And I wrote a piece about sort of hoteliers being lemmings, you know, those sort of rodents that when one jumps off the cliff, everybody jumps off the cliff to their own desk. So again, I don't mean to sound righteous or, or pretend that I'm changing the world. I'm just in my own mind saying, you know what, it's time for the other thing. Forget the next thing. And COVID clearly, look, for a road warrior through and through, you you ground me for two weeks and my brain goes to places maybe it shouldn't go. <laughs> so part of the beauty of having been locked in has really given me time to reflect. And reflection is a very Sometimes dangerous thing because you know people at midlife crisis grow ponytails and buy Corvettes. Thankfully, my my infatuation is my industry, and if I were to have midlife crisis, it's going to be industry focused. So my quest is to look for the other thing, come up with the other thing, and I've often preached humanity. Again, humanity is too big a word, and I really I'm trying to not sound righteous again here. I'm not a saint. I'm not saving the world. I'm not curing cancer. I'm not curing COVID. At the end of the day, we're providing you know, shelter, a room and a shower for someone. So I've always talked about humans being at the center of everything we do. And I think we as an industry have strayed away from that severely. And, and I think in a post-corona world, the word that I am preaching today and will continue to preach is kindness. I believe kindness must be at the center of everything we do kindness up to your boss, down to your employee, left to your coworker, family, friends and strangers. Kindness is a powerful tool we humans have and we've experienced it during this crisis because you've seen it and you've seen the value it brings to society, let alone to a business. So I really think the idea of kindness has to become central to everything we do. So my my what what corona has done it's really solidified my position and my view on this idea of trying to look for the other thing that's centered around humans. And uh, I'm going to try dying if it kills me. I, I want to make sure I do something. Hostility runs through my veins, so I, I will not leave the space. I'm in this space. I remain a partner in this company and a friend, obviously. And uh, I'm selfishly invested in its success. Uh, but clearly, it, it's been what I've, what I've done for the last you know decade. Plus, and I want to make sure it continues to thrive. But you know, often kind of breaking away really brings fresh perspective, not to you, but also to the company and new ideas. So this is this is positive all around. It's friendly. I'm here for a while still, and uh, we'll continue to be involved long term as an advisor. That's
0: great. Yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of afraid. Of, I, I saw even on LinkedIn a couple people posting as if you were leaving the industry entirely. And so, no, not yeah i mean, it's glad i'm good to I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're not
2: <laughs> I'm too dumb to do anything else. this is all I know <laughs>
0: <laughs> when do you uh i mean as far as how this came to be, I mean, you gave a, a great picture, I think of you know you know the story leading up to now, and obviously there's a lot that plays into that, but um when do you think i guess began the slow uh you know I guess, erosion of the industry wide, as you call it, like, you know, hoteliers and and hotels are kind of lemmings, like uh, following the Joneses. These are some of the words you're using. Like how, when do you think that began? I mean, was it back in like the eighties and nineties or was it even before that or more recently? No,
2: it's, it's, it's more recently. I mean, we've, we've had some incredible pioneers in the industry, right? I mean, we've had obviously in Schrager, we've had Bill Kimpton, we've had Alex Calderwood. We've had some incredible, incredible, change agents that truly turned the model upside down i think prosperity prosperity often brings these kinds of things to bear if i were to sort of loosely articulate a period when we started seeing this sort of notion of everything looking the same uh it really began i would think after the last cycle after the 8 cycle mm-hmm. when um Prosperity started to prevail. Uh, People were traveling more, needing more hotel. I'd sort of throw it into the category of the minute we started, started, quote unquote, dumping supply into the market is when craft went away and mass production came in. That's how I sort of describe it. Because remember, Alex Calderwood, when he did the ace in Seattle, his first ace and then the ace in Portland, I mean, that was blood, sweat, and tears. That wasn't an idea that he had one night over a drink and the next day went and executed it. It was a long time in the making. It was a way of life for him. It's how he and his friends lived and they wanted a place to hang out. So there was a lot of thought put into it. It wasn't just a, oh, I have money, let's go build a hotel and built it. So, so this whole idea of dumping supply in the market is when craft goes away, and mass production. The assembly line, as it were, imagine this as sort of an assembly line and every person working on that car is a person with their own ideas, but at the end of the day, it's the same car. Innovation went away. Now, again, look, I'm generalizing a lot. There's been a lot of innovation, but I feel that the majority of the work we've done has been sort of assembly line and mass production. And not to say, you know, like, We talk a lot about the idea of bringing the outside in and doing localized things. I mean, everybody now does the same exact thing. So when it becomes a table stake, it loses its specialness. Like imagine going to a restaurant now that says we're farm to table. I assume you're farm to table. That doesn't get you any credit. And again, to to use a more severe example, imagine a hotel that says we have Wi-Fi or we have flat screen TV as they used to brag about back in the day. For a moment, that was a novelty. Then it became an expectation and a table stake. So we are doing, quote unquote, innovative things, but I think those have seen their days and it's time to think about things differently. And thinking about things differently isn't always about doing more. More is not always more. Sometimes more is less. And maybe focusing on the things that matter on the core of our business, which is hospitality. And I've often debated and argued that we are not in the service business. Service is what you deliver. And I use this example a lot. I go to get my car oil changed. Well, they're in the service business. My dentist is in the service business. They provide a service. A service to me is something prescribed. And of course, hotels have to deliver service, but they could do that on a checklist. A robot can do it, for the lack of a better term. Hospitality, in my opinion, is how you make people feel. And until we can make robots read and understand human emotions, and have emotional intelligence, you cannot make me feel certainly walking into a beautiful hotel with art and plants and blah 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 is part of a feeling I get, but at the end of the day, how I am made to feel is usually not usually always a product of my human interactions.
0: Yeah yeah, I, I think that you know kind of as you're alluding, it, it seems like the the hospitality gener- industry at large seems to have almost forgotten its roots. Um, and I, I like the differentiation you make in, of, you know, service and hospitality. Um, you know, I've heard before, hospitality is more of a mindset and service is an action. And exactly. I think, and I think like you're, you're spot on. I think that, um, you know, the industry needs to get back to what it really means, what the root of the word hospitality is and what that means. Um, exactly
2: right. Now, yeah. not to say that we don't need plants in the lobby and cool art and all. we want all that stuff because it's all part of creating a holistic experience. But a holistic experience without that feeling becomes just things. It's not a memory. The, the kind of marble you in the bathroom doesn't leave me with a memory of your place. It's, it's the things that move me and that's usually people right and people's action not just people because you could you could have terrible people right doing terrible things ruining the experience it really is about creating that warm feeling of hospitality
1: yeah and to your point i think that we see this in many industries and really across multiple topics of just like waves of change um starting out with something different revolutionary uh, over time other other people and everyone else kind of catching up <clears throat> and trying to outdo each other uh, but I as you've as you've noted this uh, crisis is definitely going to be a marker in time where we kind of see what the next phase looks like um, what creative ideas come out of this and so I'm excited to uh, just watch from you as a leader in the industry, um, what some of the positives that are going to come out of this will be. Um, and I by love. the way, when
2: we talk about creative ideas, thank you. You're very kind. You know, I don't want someone to tell me, you know, that they figured out a way to make sure the door handle is sanitary. That to right. me is a necessary thing, not a creative thing. I think again, how how we work as a re- mechanically speaking, as a result of this time, that'll come in time and you'll have authorities telling you how to do that and health organizations telling you how to do that. How we as an industry react to how we make our people feel again in an age of uncertainty is far more important than you know having hand sanitizer at every door or figuring out how UV light can kill germs on something. To me, that's, that's the mechanical part. That may make me feel safe but it doesn't create a memory for me. And you know, travel, if you don't want it to be a commodity, because at the end of the day, like I said early on, we are selling a bed and a shower. But if you truly want it to be more, the only way you win is if you make me go home and talk about my experience. If I don't, then you're a commodity. I needed a bed, you gave me a bed, end of conversation. So if you don't make me come home with me to talk to someone about, you failed.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, Bashar, I'm kind of, I'm curious your thoughts, you know, obviously this as a world and a, a nation and, you know, the economy being impacted by this, um, you know, fear has kind of crept into a lot of people's minds um, just as a whole, um, consumers and travelers, you know, how, I, I think, I like that you brought up, you know, that, you know, the sanitation and, and you know, operating procedures of your hotel. Um or more of an expectation um, than just like a some sort of delivery of hospitality. Um, and I think that, I, I think I even heard a, like a, a few days ago, there was someone that was making the um, making the point that they think that this, the sanita- sanitization of your hotel or your property is going to be some point of differentiation or positioning for a hotel, which I thought was kind of, kind of almost absurd. Cause I'm like, you know, that's more of a, you know, that should be expected by default by any property, any hotel, any public place that you're going, that it needs to be clean. Um, But when you think about like, you know, like uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like that, you know, the triangle where it has at the bottom, like there's the basic needs, you know, food, water, warmth, there's the need of safety. um, And then it goes up from there to like, you know, need of relationships, you know, need of feeling prestige and accomplishment. Um, You know, how I, I think right now as a nation, we're almost still kind of at that safety, like just feeling secure, feeling safe. How long do you think, and what's that, what's going to be the process of getting back to, I mean, are we able, going to get back to the feeling of prestige or, you know, getting to the point where people are traveling, um, going to these more higher end luxury hotels, or is it going to be more of like affordable luxury or budget friendly hotels? Um, What's that look like for an industry, for the hospitality industry, you think?
2: Um, Look, I completely agree and do not want to underestimate the power of fear and there's a lot of fear right now and fear is largely driven by the unknown and there's a lot of unknowns right now. Uh, I have full trust in our scientific um, depth in this country or the globe for that matter and our ability to eventually come up with a vaccine for this thing. The minute there's a vaccine conversation over. It's like any other major disease that we used to deal with, you know, years ago, decades ago, centuries ago. Once there's a vaccine, I think this conversation changes completely. Meanwhile, clearly feeling safe where you go becomes really important. And truth be told, sadly, most of it is optical. I mean, people forget about like, pull out a dollar out of your pocket and go test it for germs, right? I mean, there's a lot of things we deal with every single day pre-corona, post-corona, you can't cleanse every dollar you have. You can't, cleanse, you can't cleanse the air when you're walking behind someone on the street. We're not going to maintain physical distancing, by the way, is what it should be called. I, I've, 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 again, recently sort of cried the blues about we should be doing more social gathering, remotely, obviously, and doing physical distancing. But the idea that this, is, this would be the equivalent of me telling you, listen, we change our sheets, the bed are clean the beds are clean, feel free to come stay with us. I think in the immediate post-corona world, we have to do, there has to be a standard of care that we all take to make you feel good. But to me, that should be the price of admission. Again, I shouldn't brag in the same token about my room being cleaned or your sheets being changed daily. I shouldn't brag that if you stay in my hotel, you're not gonna catch a disease. That should become a standard. Early on, obviously, you have to demonstrate to people that in fact it is and how and what you're doing about it. But really, there's nothing full proof, zero. It doesn't exist. It's not going to happen. So I think early on, for those that are more cautious than others, they will want the assurances that it is in fact safe. But for others, it may not matter, right? It may be like, and I'm kind of one of those, like, I'll take a flight today if I had to. I mean, I don't have to. I'm not going to take unnecessary risk. But if I have to take a flight, I'll take a flight. So fundamentally, I think post-corona, for a little while, it's going to be slower, slower growth. And it's going, we as hoteliers are going to have to be in tune and sensitive to different people's needs. For someone like me, you don't need to tell me anything. I'm sort of going with it anyway. But for someone else, they may want the assurances that you are in fact doing the right things. But we shouldn't think of that As marketing ploys, we should truly think of it as, again, the price of admission. There's only one definition of clean. Your room is either clean or it is not, right? There isn't partly clean, mostly clean. It's clean or it's not clean. So from that perspective, I think you'll see a lot of people trying to capitalize on this as a marketing ploy. But I think we as an industry and a government has the burden of ensuring that folks are following the right protocols to ensure the public safety. Now- how this changed post-corona madness, as it were, I think people for a while will be shell-shocked, right? Because this was so incredibly broad and deep. People will be shell-shocked. So I don't know that this will change one's mind about staying in a luxury hotel or, or a mid-scale hotel or a low-end hotel. I think, obviously, people have been hurt meaningfully, financially. But I sort of view thing, this thing as that, I hope, this is the optimist in me that we've pressed the pause button only. And when we hit play, it's going to move again. But some people, you know, the, the alarmists are like, we've pressed up not only the stop button, we've ejected the CD, we've tossed it out the window. So I'm <laughs> saying we've just pressed the pause button. So part of this, though, and I really want to, want to hone in on this idea a lot of these things are self fulfilling prophecies, as yeah. we know, right? So I kind of, everyone I talk to and I'm starting a movement that, you know what? If you know you are going to go to Chicago at the end of the year for something, to visit family or whatever, or if you know, having been cooped up for a while, you've got to move, whether it's drive or fly or whatever. Go, first of all, enjoy the wonder and the joy of booking, looking for a hotel, perusing hotels and booking and in fact book and if we hoteliers are stupid enough to tie your hands with cancellation policies when you don't know any more than we know hopefully we're all being flexible but the minute you book right you know you've booked you tell your friends you booked your friends tell their friends they're booked and we hotel people start seeing that bookings are coming in and all of a sudden we start feeling better And our messages are better about, well, when are we going to open? Well, we're seeing activity in September. It looks like a really good month. We should be thinking about opening then or opening in July or whatever. So this idea of we as a society need to start, we don't need Trump to tell us that we're going to reopen. Let's create the economic engine movement one by one. Now, look, if it is unsafe to travel, well, you're not going to travel, right? But my point is if we feel... September is a good month and you know you're going to travel to Chicago in September, go book that room. What are you waiting for? Because I think that will make unclog the engine, and allow it to move. So I, I'm, 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 I'm here telling everyone, please go book, book your dinner reservations, book your party, book your room, book your flight. And again, I'm calling on everyone in our space to be very flexible with people so that they're not worried about, oh, well, if I book, are they going to not let me cancel or make me pay a penalty, etc.? if we're flexible, think about the power of that movement with people starting to book reservations and book airline reservations. It'll give confidence. We need confidence right now because we lack it severely.
1: Yeah, I could not agree with you more. Um, I think that, as you said, that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the sooner that we um, show our support in this way, I think the stronger we will come out of this and the sooner that we can all start, start to heal and Uh, move forward.
2: And look, the facts are the facts. And again, someone who's lost a friend, a family member, a colleague is probably throwing up in their mouth listening to this right now. We're not underestimating the power of what's happened. You know, 700 people a day are dying in New York. It it, it is mind-blowing. It it is heartbreaking. But I think, like everything else, this too shall pass. And I actually posted something on, on Instagram. The idea of right now, this looks like it is literally you are going through hell. But you take this period over your lifetime and it's literally nothing but a blimp on the radar, right? I mean, you you cannot let this singular incident destroy, I mean, look at what it's doing to the economy. Again, be safe, don't be stupid, don't risk your health or anyone else's for that matter, follow the guidance. But if you can create some movement for the betterment of all, for the benefit of those that have been out of work, our industry has been decimated. I think I think it is our duty, if you are even remotely connected to this industry, I'm calling this our duty to go and book and create movement in our industry.
1: Absolutely. Well, as you've expressed, this white space has given you some time to think and reflect and uh, make plans, which I think is... Before us to get those opportunities off the road and um, just to think about where we're headed. What particular responsibility or mission do you see uh, in front of yourself for making the hospitality industry more human, as you would say?
2: I've been preaching this gospel for the last decade, basically. And I feel that I have not been, practicing what I preach. I've not been walking the talk, not to the fullest extent. So this time has sort of forced me to say, I'm either going to be true to everything I say, because otherwise I don't want to be a hypocrite or I'm not. So what it looks like post, and I'm not going to give away all my secrets right here, right now. uh, I am really thinking about The only thing that, again, I've used this often. So people say, I've stayed now in Manhattan and Williamsburg in 204 different hotels, okay? 204. I I literally believe I hold the uh, Guinness, Guinness World Book of Records number on it. I haven't called them yet. I might have to just for my ego, I suppose. But people say, what do you remember? What stands out? What stands out? and I've stayed from hostels to Baccarat and everything in between. I couldn't tell you what art was at Baccarat or what tile was at the Ludlow or what. what, I couldn't tell you any of that. So my answer to that question always is, I only remember when someone goes out of their way and genuinely gives a shit. Literally, that's it. It is such a low bar, yet with 204 hotels, I'd be hard pressed to name more than one handful that have accomplished that. And what does that mean, genuinely gave a shit? It means someone recognized my name when I walked through the door without having to look down and didn't call me Mr. Wally, but literally called me by my name because they remembered our interaction. I had a problem that I came to you with that you couldn't solve, by the way, because not every problem can be solved by the poor guest services agent, but you pretended enough to convince me that you genuinely cared. Those are the things that stand out. And I think we as an industry have failed miserably. And this is not about ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, because that's a credo you read from a card. It's not true emotional intelligence. So I think figuring out, and it's very hard, it is very, very hard for a transient industry with people that come and go, figuring out how to create that. It's not training is I can, I, you can train me to be the absolute perfect service delivery person following every step you you convince me to follow from a checklist, and I could be the rudest person you've ever met or the coldest person you've ever met. But figuring out how to create, foster, and encourage an environment that celebrates the behavior, that warmth behavior, that sort of giving-a-shit behavior, for the lack of a better term, genuinely, I think that's a culture you create and it's one of the hardest thing we do. So if I had to say my magic secret formula, that's it. How we get there is a different conversation that requires a lot more than again, a checklist or training or, or, or.
0: Definitely, well, I'm certainly looking forward. I know Dustin and I are excited to see uh, what the future hospitality looks like for you. I love your ethos and your mindset. And I think it's something that we all uh, need a reminder on as well. Bashar, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Please be safe. Thank you all. Bye. Thank you so
0: much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Future Hospitality Podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Future Hospitality and on Facebook by searching for Future Hospitality.